you know, it, it takes a team and we all have different roles to build what we're trying to, to build here. Um, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, it really depends on that, that blueprint that we have to work from. And it depends on, uh, again, the cooperation that, that everyone's involved with it. And today, just for the next few moments, again, we're going to keep this kind of a little on the shorter side, the famous last words of every pastor, as we always say when we step into the pulpit. But uh, we want to you know, just kind of speak a little bit about missions as kind of has been our theme here today. You know, there's uh, a lot of people understand, you know, what missions are. Um, we do have some, some cards that should be going out here at some point uh, into your hands, and we're, we're going to get those passed out here shortly. And as you get those, we, we support a number of missions, both here stateside as well as globally. And, you know, it is a privilege to, to partner with these people, the people that are called uh, to these different places, to different people groups, and to be able to go places that maybe you and I can't go. And so we do come alongside and cooperate um, together with them. And it just, it's the way that the gospel goes forward all around the world. And so today, just as again, these next few moments, we're going to just look at missions and, and our part and our role in it. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, it should also be, I think it's in the bulletin as well. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And... Verses 6 through 9, we're going to take a quick look at. And again, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and you know, he has a message for them. And here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 6 through 9, it reads, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish his minis this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you, Lord, for today. God, I thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day that you've given to us, that you have um, just blessed us with. God, as we sit here again and just we feel the cool breeze on our face and the sun shining down, um, God, we are just reminded of your love uh, for us and for your church. And God, just uh, again, we pray today just in these next few moments as we look at your word and we just let our, our, our thoughts and our hearts go uh, to the place that you would have for us today. God, we pray that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up and edified as your body. And God, that, that we would truly continue to mobilize and be moved to action, Lord God, uh, with the gospel, as we know many need to know the good news. And so, God, we thank you for this time. And we thank you for blessing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to read a, a quick account of a, a missionary, and uh, it's somebody that really, you know, is maybe less famous than some missionaries you may have heard of. And so I'm going to just read through this real quick. It says, many Christians have heard of a missionary, um, the missionary William Carey, who served in India and did a great work there. However, few know the name of Lot Carey. John Richards of Wheaton College provides some amazing insights into this lesser known figure. Lot Carey would end up being to West Africa what William Carey was to India. 
Locke grew up a slave in Virginia in the late 18th century. He was raised by a godly mother and grandmother who influenced his thinking toward telling those in Africa about the great love of Jesus. Years later, Lot would move to Richmond, Virginia, where he would accept the gift of Jesus personally and then take night classes so that he could read the Bible. He would eventually begin to pastor a megachurch of 800, which was mega for the 18th or the 19th century. Being reminded of his grandmother's words concerning the great need in Africa, Locke Carey left a godly livelihood. He also declined a top position at a tobacco warehouse and set sail for West Africa where he faithfully served and witnessed seeing many come to know Jesus. It's a pretty remarkable story, isn't it? And, you know, when we think about this and we look at this, you know, a couple things jump out to me right away. And, you know, one thing is that you know, you may not know this, but oftentimes in that time period, people, the missionaries that would go overseas, do you know what they would pack all their belongings in? Typically, it was a coffin. And what that was is they basically planned to be on the mission field, to be ministering in that place uh, until, until they died, until they had breathed their last breath. That's, that was their commitment uh, to the, the people and to their calling. And, you know, here we have this remarkable story of this man, uh, you know, who was called by God, and, you know, he, he came from nothing. And one thing, I, I don't know if you caught in this story, I just want to talk to, to the women here for a minute, just how important moms and grandmothers are, right? And you probably know this and you feel this, but it was his mother and his grandmother, you know, praying and being there and teaching him. And again, dads, I'm a dad, I know, you know, we have our part as well. But there's, uh, again, just something about a mother's prayer, about a grandmother's prayer. And so, you know, I encourage you often in that, that don't stop praying, don't stop investing in your children, because you, you just don't know what God is doing and what God may be calling them to. And so we see this in this case, this man, again, uh, called by God, and he, he, went, he came from nothing, worked very hard, and had this, this place where he was, you know, a mega church pastor before there was such a thing as a mega church pastor, and he was offered this amazing job, of, of, and that would have brought comfort and, uh, you know, I say certainty to him and his family, but uh, he, he chose to walk away from it. And what, what is striking here is that I think for, for many of us, we do not know oftentimes what God might call us to do. And, you know, it's not that, you know, you have to walk away from everything. Don't just go out today and sell all that you have and leave. You know, the, the thing that came first was God's calling on his life to do that. And that's really what God's looking at for each of us and, and from each of us is that our hearts are turned to him and oriented to him in such a way and our obedience is deep to the point where should God call on us, we should be willing to walk and to follow because we know that that's where our true joy lies and that's where um, that God's blessing flows is in our acts of obedience. And so, you know, you may not be called to the mission field, per se, overseas in some far-off country. But my question I want to pose to you today, and I would encourage you to ponder, is what has God called, to, called you to today, and are you being faithful and obedient in it? And when we think of that, it's easy, especially in our culture, where, you know, the whole phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, we're so aware of the people around us, aren't we? We look at people that may have found success in our eyes or be doing something, you know, that's amazing or, or have a lot of eyes on them. But that's, that's good for them, right? If God has called them to that. 
But the question for us today is what or who has God called you to? And it may just simply be your next door neighbor. <laughs> it may be the person at the checkout at the grocery store. And so what has God called us to is the question that we need to ponder. But as we, you know, again, our focus today is, is this idea of uh, missions and what that looks like. And, you know, this word missionary, actually, it's not found anywhere throughout the Bible. You can read it from cover to cover, and there is a, no word in there, missionary. But it comes from the Latin word uh, mito, which is, means to send, to send. And it's closely affiliated with the Greek New Testament word uh, apostello, which means to send as well. And so a missionary, by definition, then, is simply someone who has a message from God, is given divine authority by the church, and proclaims that message for the purpose of evangelism through cultural and or religious lines. Now, how would you, you know, you think of that definition, and in my opinion, and I think for you as well, that could really be talking about any of us here, right? We all have a calling. We all have a message from God to deliver, to carry to, to people, the gospel. And God wants us to proclaim this message uh, across cultural and religious lines. And so, you know, we can all call ourselves really missionaries in this sense. And, you know, what I would say that we are is, is a small M missionary, if you will, a small M missionary. And so you are a missionary. I'm a missionary and we are simply carrying uh, a message from God to the world. So what is our role? What is the church's role in missions? All right? Again, kind of coming back to this idea of not just missions here, but also missions abroad. If each of us is called to be a small and missionary, while others are called to be large and missionaries, how can the missionaries ensure our small M missionaries, us, ensure that the capital M missionaries, if you're confused, I'm sorry, hopefully you're tracking here, but the other missionaries that are overseas and, and go to these far off places, how do we make sure that they have the resources they need to fulfill their calling? And is it really even our responsibility, would you say, you know, to, to, to come alongside them? Well, as we read earlier in 2 Corinthians, again, verses, uh, or in, in chapter 8 there, where we had read, you know, about the church there in Paul's letter to them, it lays out a great pattern for us to follow. Paul used the Macedonian uh, church, which was those churches in Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, and, and they were an example for, for the church in Corinth. Because remember, Corinth was a, a, a trading hub. Corinth was a, a city that had lots of money. Uh, this, again, lots of traffic came through. It was a trade center. And so, again, there was just a lot of wealth the Corinthians had. Paul is using these churches that were not necessarily wealthy as a, a demonstration and as an example to the church that did have money. And again, they had very little in the, in the churches of Macedonia. Yet, they gave out of their poverty to help support Paul on his missionary journeys. And when you see that, when you see someone, you know, I think, I think of that picture, that scene in, in uh, the Gospels where Jesus is sitting with his disciples. And if you remember the woman that just had the two mites, which was two small coins, right? And she walks to the, to the box to drop them in. And Jesus is quick to point out how, how she gave more than, than someone who had just been dumping all kinds of money into this, this box. Why? Because she gave out of her uh, poverty versus out of her excess, 
She had a heart of giving. She wanted to be faithful in that. And so she was giving in such a way that it, it was, it's much more moving and moved Jesus uh, to, to even draw attention to her. And so God is calling us to that today as well. You know, Paul wasn't, again, trying to, you know, uh, manipulate or maneuver these churches into, like, supporting his, his mission, if you would, or trying to get a fundraiser, but he's showing them what motivation out of love looks like. Anybody have kids here? <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you know which ones are yours. You know, there's some scattered throughout here. But, you know, as parents, isn't that what we're always looking for, though, from our kids? You know, again, I have sermon illustrations for years for my children. And one of them is, again, when they come to you and, you know, just out of the blue, they come up and they're, they start, you know, telling you how skinny you look or, you know, you've lost weight. And, you know, Dad, I, I love you. You're, you're amazing. Dad, you ever tell you you're the best dad in the world? And, and if you're like me, it's just in a few moments, you're kind of like get to that point and you look at him, you're like, what do you want? What are you going for here, right? There's something about it. And, and, you know, they're seeking something from you, which is driving their motivation to compliment you and, 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 you know, with all these accolades. And, you know, again, what Paul is getting at and what I believe Jesus wants from our hearts, again, is it's this, this motivation from love. And it doesn't mean that our kids don't love us, and we, we understand that. But ideally, you want your kids, you know, to come to you at some point and say those things for expecting nothing in return, Right? They're not trying to get something from you. They just want, they love you and they want you to know that and they think the world of you, you know? And so Jesus is looking for that from us and from our hearts today is that we, we give and we do things out of this motivation of love, not for what we can gain in return, but simply because God has called us to that and we want to be found obedient. You know, and if, if today, if we're not called to this vocational missions, you know, to go to far off places, it is our job to support those who are. And we do that by giving and we do that by praying. And, you know, for those of you um, who aren't aware, you know, our church does that. Our church, we usually start at a 10% marker of, of whatever our budget is for the year. 10% of that is, is gone, goes out to missions, both here uh, in, in uh, the uh, United States and also missions abroad that we support. And um, when you get those cards uh, that we have, they'll have um, all of the listing, uh, the, the missions that we support. So, um, you know, that you can look at that, and that's something that we're very, uh, it's very important to us, and we always make sure when we're budgeting for the, the next year, looking at budgets, we're always factoring that in because we believe that that is our, our job and that we want to partner with these people. So the good news is, you know, we don't have to travel overseas to be missionaries at the end of the day, all right? Um, if you were, you know, pondering that or thinking we were going to ask you to do that, you know, you don't have to do that because you can still partner with people. And all of us, though, are called, again, as I said, to be missionaries in our own corner of the world, so to speak. We're called to that. Um, there isn't, you know, some deep prayer that you have to pray to look for God's will. God has called us. He's, it's the Great Commission, right? To go into all the world and to share the gospel. And so that, that is our encouragement here. While we can help and we can give and support people far off, we do have our own corner and our, our sphere of influence that we can reach. There are people who are specifically called by God to be a missionary full-time as a vocation, if you will. And this is where that word, that Greek word, apostello, comes in. It's that, that word we use for apostle, right? Those that go out. And it carries with it the idea of an official calling or commission, 
So finally, in closing today, as we wrap up this time, you know, if you think, if you can picture, if you've ever been whitewater rafting, I don't know if anybody's done that and lived to tell the story. Um, if you haven't, maybe you've seen it on, you know, the TV on a, you know, National Geographic or something. But a, a lost soul, a lost person that doesn't know Christ is, is imagine them kind of floating down river in that. And, you know, this world can be seen as somebody kind of being swept away in that current of that river. They can't save themselves. You know, I don't know um, your experience. You know, we've, I've been some places. I've never been whitewater rafting, but I've been in some, some places, some rivers and things like that that were flowing pretty fast. And, you know, you get in that river and you're trying to get shore. It's amazing how quickly the current can take you, right? And sometimes you can't even get to the side without assistance. But the point is, is that they can't save themselves. And so, you know, the missionary, whether it's the, the one that's overseas or yourself, you know, our job is simply to call from the shore. Our job is to, to bring notice and to let them know that, that Christ is ready to save them. He is the one that comes in and saves. And I tell people all the time, you know, because it's some people, well, not some, many people are intimidated, you know, to, to share about Jesus or to share their faith or their testimony with people. But here's the, the good news. The good news is that you can't save them. <laughs> you understand that? And you're like, Pastor Dell, why is that good news? That seems kind of sad that, I mean, what? no, we're not the one who saves. We're simply obedient to what God has told us to do, right? And if we share our testimony, if we share the story and we share the good news, we share the story of Jesus Christ with someone, Jesus is the one who saves. And they may say no and they may, you know, choose to continue on their lives, but they may respond as well. But that's not on you or that's not on me. Our job is simply to share and to be obedient to what God has called us to. So as we um, prepare to, again to, to close out the service today, um, we're going to do so. There's a, a, the group's going to come up here and, and do a song. And I don't want you to, you know, you may know this song, you may not. A lot of you probably won't. But I want you to listen to the words, and I want you to think of it more as kind of a conclusion to the sermon, um, just in song form. And, you know, it's, it's something to just to remind us that we have work to do as a church. We have uh, people that need to be reached with the gospel. And if you leave with nothing else today, I want you to leave with that thought on your mind, that there is a job to be done and God has called us to it. So just take a moment and listen to this song, listen to the words of it, and we'll come back and we'll close out the service here in just a, a few moments. Goodbye.
towards you I've conquered death and I hold the keys Where I go you will go to someday But there's more before you leave Go tell the world about me be our, our message today. Let that be our reminder of, again, what we're called to do, that we're called to go and to tell the world about Jesus Christ. Well, as we prepare to close today, uh, we're going to close in prayer, and then I'll give you some instructions on how our transition into uh, the picnic is going to work. Um, we do have a, a guest today, and he doesn't want to be made a big deal, but we just do want to acknowledge uh, the Illinois GOP gubernatorial candidate, uh, Jesse Sullivan, and his wife, Monique, and their family, as well as his running mate, Kathleen Murphy, and, and some others are here today joining us. And, you know, it's really important to, we oftentimes in our church, we pray for our leaders. We pray for people that are, you know, going out there and, and trying to make an impact we talk about, you know, making an impact on the world. And so, you know, we're just uh, thrilled that, that they were able to stop in today and just to be a part of this. And um, I know that they would love to, to chat with any of you after the service. I think they're going to hang out for a little bit. We got some great food, so we had to kind of lure them in to stay for a while. But um, so it'll be great. So if you're, you know, you're welcome to, to chat with them if you'd like. Uh, I know they'll be available and just a, a wonderful, uh, godly family um, and godly uh, values uh, that, that's incorporated in a part 
of the, the every fiber of the campaign that he's running. So we're going to just pray for them as well as we close the service. So if you would, bow your heads and, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you once again today, God, and I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for uh, just your hand continuing to rest, Lord, upon us. And um, God, we thank you just for, again, uh, letting your hand rest upon uh, the leaders, Lord, in our state and, and in our nation, Father God. As we just look around and we just see uh, just very troubling things and, and, and just movement, Lord, so far from you. And so, God, we are thankful uh, for, for people uh, like Jesse Sullivan and Kathleen Murphy, Lord, that are, are out there that are um, just sharing, Lord, uh, their hearts and sharing, Lord, um, just what you've put in, on their hearts and what you've called them to. So, God, we just pray that you would continue, Lord, to just uh, to bless them, uh, bless our uh, uh, leaders as well, other leaders that are in government that are uh, out there trying to make a difference. And, and God, again, just that are grounded in, in uh, biblical values in faith. And so, God, we just uh, ultimately, we look to you and we trust you, Lord God, that, that you are moving and you, you respond, Lord, and you answer and you hear the prayers of your people. And so, God, we continue to place our hope and faith in you as, as, as you sustain us. And God, we know that, that your promises for us are, are always uh, true and always real. And God, that your word never returns void. And so God, we thank you for this time today that we have. And so God, we, um, we ask Lord, that you continue to be with us the rest of this morning as we just, um, just have a wonderful day and wonderful uh, time, Lord, celebrating and just being together as, as your family and God, the family here at Long Grove Community Church. And so God, we ask you to bless our time, bless the amazing food that we're about to eat. Uh, we thank you so much, Lord, God, for again, for giving us the great weather today and this great place, Lord, for us to call home. And so, God, we uh, just again, once again, again, acknowledge you, acknowledge your presence here in Jesus' name. Amen.